0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12 month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary, discounts not available in all states and situations. What's your reaction when you see Miles Garrett in his Jurassic Park tank top playing basketball?
2: My reaction is, uh, I think one of those NBA teams should sign him to a 10-day contract. Uh, he's a great athlete. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, seeing him move around. I've, he, he knows this. I've told him this. I've told all of our players, listen, you got to stay in shape. You need to, to do some things that, that get your cardio going. Uh, you got to do it safely. And, and he, he, he's very, very well aware of that. But I, I do marvel at his athleticism.
0: So you didn't do like the Chiefs did a couple of years ago when we saw the video of Patrick Mahomes playing basketball when they told him, no, Patrick, no more basketball. You're fine with guys doing within reasonable limits what they need to do to stay in shape.
3: I think that's the key, within reasonable limits. They know not to go in some competitive game where they're going to turn an ankle or or catch an elbow or those type of things.
0: For example, don't do this, Miles Garrett. (laughs) Change of heart. From Kevin Stefanski after seeing this video over and over and over again. The posterization.
2: I mean, that's amazing. That guy guarding him is no joke. That's pretty good defense. He gets up there pretty good. I mean, we all
0: saw it. They saw it in Cleveland, and Kevin Stefanski had this to say after watching what we're watching now. And it looks like Miles has been working on his Euro step a little bit in the offseason. Are, uh, are you cool with that? Are you okay
2: with him playing basketball? He retired. So congratulations. Oh, on a great career for Miles. Really proud of him. Uh, but uh, he's done. Did you have
3: to have that talk with him, Kevin? He's retired. I feel like it's more of like a, a, a Jordan retirement. You know, I went to baseball for a second slash I went to basketball for a second. And now I got to go back to what, what I'm good at, what I usually do, playing football, rushing passer, stopping to run. Next season, you never know. You know, I might go back to basketball. I might go play baseball, see if I can get on a team. But like, right there's there's more on the horizon right now. I gotta you know, get back to to what my main focus is. I think that last dump was either reverse double pump or uh, a windmill, so I had to go out with the bank.
0: Look, there's another element to this as well. It's one thing to see Miles Garrett playing basketball during the months when the offseason exactly. program exactly exactly Up and running yes when you see this at a time when players are staying away right. from OTAs and Cleveland is one of the teams that has experienced that and we've got a place where you can come work out in a safe environment and you're going to go down to Planet Fitness and or the Y or wherever he was yeah. and play basketball against uh, you know a couple of jamokes who who would love nothing more than to test their medal against Miles Garrett? No, no, that's how you get hurt. That's not a safe environment. It's too competitive, and you're doing it during a time on the calendar when we've got all these state-of-the-art facilities that you can come get in the right kind of shape for football season. So from end of season until yeah. April right. or during the six weeks coming up, it's one thing, but doing it when – classes otherwise in session i think that's the kind of thing that that catches the attention of a coach
2: yeah i think so i think you're exactly right i mean there's just too many what if circumstances first off i mean even with that play right there i mean he's in traffic he goes up he dunks you land on somebody's foot sprain your ankle break your your ankle foot whatever i mean it's it's you know season's over or at least you're not coming back till late in the year and i think your point that was going to be my point you're exactly right there's a difference in Hey, I'm playing basketball in late January, February, and early March to get in shape. But now, hey, we're working out. We're it's football season. You're a professional and it's officially the start of football season here. And we have workout regimens for you. And that's where I think it's 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 that like what you brought up. And then the last thing, too, like yeah, you you get this far and like it's hey, we're we're here. Cleveland. You've been crapped. Ola for 20 years the window is wide open it's Super Bowl window time your team is good enough it's here the hell with basketball so it's time to play football now and I think that's probably got to be a little on Stefanski's mind too wait we're 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 in June my team's real I got one of the best offensive lines in football one of the best offenses in football the defense has improved Miles Garrett was hurt last year or had the COVID, and it hurt our defense. And I think all of those things, they just think about it and go, okay, that's it. It's good for the year. See you next year.
0: Here's the other side of it, too. If we can cue up the video again of what we saw last week, it's one thing to go do it. It's another thing to turn it into a social media moment, which is what this clearly was. When you see the cut to the guy with the headband going, whoo, boy. This was concocted. This was staged. This was a deliberate job by Miles Garrett to create a buzz and a viral moment. Clearly. Don't tape it. And don't go out there and do this saying, hey, you know, I want to make a great video that people are really going to like. Let's go have some fun. So it it crosses the line in my mind from staying in shape to having one of these. And I understand this is the way the younger generation is. Look at me moments. This, This was a look at me moment that was concocted, that was deliberate, and I think that makes it even more likely to a guy like Kevin Stefanski says, we don't need this. We are in a Super Bowl window. Miles, everyone's impressed by you. They all saw how your biceps were about to rip out of your jacket when you announced a draft pick last month. We get it. You're an impressive physical specimen. You don't need to make some video of you slamming the the ball through the hoop into some guy's head to convince people that you are an impressive physical
2: specimen. That's real, Mike. I think it's a great point by you. And it also, like, you know, stop it because you're encouraging other guys on our team to want to go out there and do stuff like that. So I think that's where you, you kind of try to nip it in the bud right there and just end that conversation. So I'm glad he's too damn good. He can be the NFL defensive MVP. He's that type of talent. you know. And, and I don't know, in my world of worlds, I guess I look at Aaron Donald as probably the best – I mean, is the best defensive player in football. Mm, Miles Garrett might be two for me if I had to really sort it out or something like that. you know. And he only got so many years to play football. He's in shape. Let's go. Let's kick some butt. You've been pushing him
0: as defensive player of the year the past couple of years. Now he had the suspension in 2019 and also the Browns were the Browns that year. They underachieved in light of their expectations last year. It was a case of COVID that impaired miles Garrett. Here he is from yesterday talking about how it affected him and how he's doing as he continues to recover from it.
3: I feel great. I felt the best I, I have since last year before COVID and, uh, it's a wonderful feeling, and you know, I felt like it was, it was kind of a long road. And now that I'm, I'm back, I'm feeling you know, well-conditioned and feeling back in my peak. You know, the world's ahead of me. I'm glad I've, I've recovered and you know, hope nothing like that happens to, to me or anyone else.
0: And, hey, that's good news, but I've seen other players say that they saw what Miles Garrett dealt with, and it's prompted some of them to go get vaccinated. Yeah, or sure. To be more careful or both. Because it, it it does affect different people differently, and it seemed to affect Miles Garrett, Chris, and uh, yeah, you know, hey, the team is better. He is incredible, and he's got you, Devin Clowney, there this year. This could be a very special season for Miles yeah, Garrett,
2: no doubt. That's that's why I think they just they probably came to that realization with everything you said and all of that. And that's that's how could you not be excited about the Browns? I mean, really. I mean, they they addressed, like, some of the issues that you – they had very few issues on their team all to to begin with. I mean, just when it was defense, like, okay, yeah, we need a better corner. Oh, you got one in the first round. You need a linebacker that fits that Seattle scheme that's really fast. What? You got Jeremiah Moa in the second round? Are you kidding me? I mean, one of the 20 best players in the draft. I think everybody agreed. Had that little heart murmur issue or whatever. That's why he fell to the second round. So they kill it there. And then they go, wait, we need one more, you know, just presence. Oh, Jadebion, Clowney, we got him in free agency. I mean, holy crap, Ola Batman. I mean, really, you look at that Browns roster, you know, with the with the John Johnson signing in free agency at safety, who's a hell of a player, and all of those type of things. You just go, show me the weak spots on their team. Where where are they? They're they are really damn good, really well built. And it's just now like, can they take that next step? Can Stefanski continue to grow the offense? You know, can Baker Mayfield take off where take take off where you know he left off last year? All of those type of things. But I'm very excited
1: about Cleveland.
0: And when you're a Browns fan, you're always waiting. You're on for edge, right? The, what's lurking around the corner? Whether it's a Miles Garrett broken ankle playing basketball, or just this idea that the Chiefs. Have all their guys there for the offseason workouts. The Browns who face Kansas City in Kansas City to start the season don't. Miles Garrett was asked yesterday about whether he's got any concern regarding that discrepancy. Here's what he had to say in response.
3: Not at all. I'm glad they, they have attendance, but just because they're getting getting work at you no know, their facility doesn't mean we're not working just because we're we're away. Our defense is getting work. I gotta you know, working on their craft, just away from home, uh, we have that freedom and that liberty. And no uh, you know, when we get to game one, we'll see uh, who who has been jailing better and who's who who's got the, the upper hand.
0: Yeah, look, uh, th- th- this is one of the major flies in the ointment as it relates to this push by the union to get guys to not show up because there will be competitive disparities. And even as we see some teams reducing the intensity, reducing the number of practices, getting away from different drills, the Patriots are still the Patriots. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs, you know,
2: and, and we don't I hear anything that, from like, like the, like we've talked about like some of the other teams too. There's a lot of teams out there. that kind of like quietly. The attendance is really good. And we never heard one just, thing about it and they're just chipping away at work. And, and I, I, I,
0: I wonder how much when September rolls around and we've got sixteen games per week in most weeks to talk about and the train keeps rolling and there'll be new storylines. Will we Yeah, we need we, to think collectively, about collectively, all right. of us. Yeah. Will we, will others in the media go back and say, Here are the teams that are doing well, here are the teams that are struggling. And these are the teams that had full blown off season programs. These are the teams that curtailed it. These are the teams that didn't have full attendance. Will there be a correlation? That's going to be an important exercise. So, Pete, you're the producer. Produce keep track. Future Pete, be be aware and keep track, and let's see how that goes. Because I think it's going to be an important point. Definitely. It's going to be interesting to see how it all how it all fleshes out when it matters.
2: It's going to be important, you know, just as a fan of the sport, like what we do, talking points, anything like that. You know, all of that. But, I mean, the teams themselves are going to be paying attention. You know, they're going to be paying attention to, like, you know, the analytics here of, like, boy, we spent this much time in the building and had this many practices, and what were the results? And they'll go, you know, so on and so on with some of these teams that didn't practice or whatever. So, not that there's a huge, huge, great advantage that the Chiefs are in the facility and doing that. But there is an advantage. There's no doubt. You know, they're, they're going to have some groundwork laid when they get into training camp to go, hey, remember when we were doing this at practice a few weeks ago and blah, 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 and we did this at the end of OTAs and the mini camps and all that? Hey, you know, as I was in the lab here, I thought about let's add to this play that we did and did this play instead of that. And that, that's where you get a little bit of an advantage that way. And maybe some of the, you know, you get to practice some of the new curveballs, like we're talking about, the coaches might have to, for a new attack. The Chiefs, oh, we, we didn't have a short passing attack, and that's why we lost the Super Bowl. Maybe we should start working on it now. And I, I think that's where you get the advantages of uh, the offseason stuff. It's not huge, but there's definitely an advantage. And in Baltimore, one of the things they're working on in the laboratory
0: is using Lamar Jackson in a way that he rarely, if ever, has Ooh. been used before at the NFL level. Yeah. Under center, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator of the team, who's been embattled. Based upon his failure to fully develop a robust passing game, he admitted yesterday in a conference call with season ticket holders that under center is going to be part of what they do, percentage of which I cannot state at this point. I don't know the extent of it. We're working on it and evaluating it every day. It's something we certainly will use from time to time, some games more than others. I believe it's a very important part in the development of a quarterback going forward so look great fine
2: why haven't they done it in the first three years of his career then chris i it's a good question you know hey the the nfl has gone into this shotgun phase i think they're probably looking at it like hey he's a great athlete let's get him space let's get him away from the line of scrimmage i really perked up when i heard this yesterday the ravens don't need a lot on offense to like yeah, to to change our minds. I mean, we already know it's a really damn good offense. We're probably a little critical at them at the times, but yeah, we want to see the passing game be able to carry them. There's no doubt. I think this is this is a sneaky way to do it. A little subtle, subtle change there. Subtle, sorry, subtle change. All right, And um, not not like a huge drastic. Like, oh, we got to reinvent the offense. Yep, zip it up. But we can still run our offense and create. Some different advantages with the quarterback under the center. First off, bootlegs. Are You still laughing at subtle? Okay, no, All that's right. fine. But, sorry. but I'm like, trying to be subtle. <laughs> thank you. But bootlegs are like going to be a different, different ball game now when you're underneath the center. You know, we've talked about this in the past. When you're in the shotgun, those linebackers, that safety that's in the box. There's a little bit easier. Oh, I can see the quarterback and the running back, and he's riding them. And yes, but the picture's clearer. Now think about, whoa, Lamar Jackson's turned his back, and I don't know if he gave the ball, and I'm, and he's not far from the line of scrimmage, so I'm trying to see through offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Wait, did he have it? Did he give it You know, to uh, the running back from Ohio State? No. Oh, no, he's over there. He ran the bootleg. Uh-oh, he threw it. His guy's wide open. Or he turned the corner and ran for 50 yards. That's where I like it. Also with the just a straight play-action pass, the same element. I mean, come on, Mike. Other than the Chiefs, every great offense we talk about in football kicks ass in the play action to pass department right now in the NFL. Sorry for my language, Liverpool. But that's that's really, you know, that's where I, I I perked up when I heard that. I went, ooh, I like that. That's gonna give some teams a few more issues of handling this running game in Lamar Jackson.
0: But when it comes to the play action pass, and yeah. I remember hearing Ron Jaworski explain this 10, 15 years ago, and it stuck with me. The difficulty. For the quarterback of executing a play action pass, because you're under center, sure, you sell the handoff, and to sell it, you got to completely turn your back right. to the defense, right? And and after you have pretended to handoff and turn back, sure, there's a different world on the other side Definitely. of the line. Maybe one defensive end has sprung through. Maybe there's a guy who's coming up in the middle and he's about to get you. Maybe there's a guy that you thought was going to be open, and he's got a safety that is lurking. And if you throw it, it's going to get picked off. You've got to completely reorient yourself. You do. That's a perspective Lamar Jackson's never had, Chris. Is that going to be a challenge for him? And how much of a challenge is it for any quarterback to see the defense
2: turn away, Yeah. turn back, Right oh, where is everybody now? Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely a challenge, and it's definitely something you got to rep and get used to and those things, and yes, when you come out of that play-action fake, your point's real. you got to turn around, kind of reassess. Wait, did things stay the same, or did they totally change? What is it exactly? But I think ultimately that risk is outweighed by the greater rewards of, wait, we, we faked the ball, and now, oh, That, you know, yeah, you turned your back for a second, but Hollywood Brown screaming down the middle for a 70 yard post because that safety came up and got involved in the running attack or something like that. I just think there's more ways to be explosive on the offensive side of the ball. And teams have gotten so good and creative with the play action passes that they've made it so simple for the quarterbacks to where it's a little different than the Ron Jaworski age. And here, I'm just going to give you a little, like, exercise here, just right off the bat. Like, you look at, the top ten offenses in football from last year. Hey, we know the Chiefs and the Bills. Let's say they were they were one and three. They didn't really use the play action underneath the center. They have freaky quarterbacks who just they want to give them the shotgun and let them do their thing. But the Titans at two, the Vikings at four, the Packers at five, the Buccaneers at seven, the Raiders at eight. You know, and I would even argue the Colts at ten. We're all heavy play action pass type football teams. And then 11 and 12, you had the Rams and the Saints, who were also heavy play action. So it's the best way to create explosive plays. And especially with some of these young linebackers that are coming into the NFL, Micah, we've talked about before where it's spread, it's college football. They're not used to pulling guard, fullback, running. Oh, wait, i got to get down there. This is crazy. i got to make that tackle. What? There goes Hollywood Brown on a slant route behind me. That's where I think the real great advantage is, and that's why I think you're seeing more and more teams do it.
0: Yeah, and look, it helps to have a great running team in order to pull it off. You start getting a defense on its heels. Exactly. And just for that split second of uncertainty, that's what it's all about. It's about injecting uncertainty into the defender who gets caught flat-footed thinking, all right, oh, oh, it's a run. Oh, crap. And there goes the guy exactly. who's going to catch the long touchdown pass, right. whether it's Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, or whoever. All right, let's take a break. Tom Brady, eight months later, has finally admitted something that the rest of us knew immediately. We'll discuss that right after this on PF2.
1: What if millions of Black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremangely, as I explore the untold story of one of the only Black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of Black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Ben, historically, you've been pretty good throwing the deep ball over your career.
2: Last year, not so much. Well, I was going to say, Mark, you know, I had total reconstruction on my elbow. It might have something to do with it, but uh, no, no excuses.
0: This is one of those where there's a disconnect between what you read and what you see. And I think he knows. You know what? You got me there. Yeah. No excuses. Yeah, no, right, you know. right. I had a total reconstruction in my elbow. That's why I didn't throw the ball down the field. Hey, no excuses, folks. No excuses. Well, the new men's cologne brought to you by Ben Roethlisberger. That's hilarious. Oh, God. <laughs> well wow. done, EJ. It's like Tommy John, only different. Oh my that's, gosh, that's, that's hilarious. Good. I think I think we need to send a bottle that to Tom Brady. Uh, but he finally has no excuses, Chris. It took about eight months for him to have no excuses. One of the most significant moments of the early regular season in 2020, the Thursday night game against the Bears. The I thought it would it's still it's not fourth down. Here's here's Brady revealing that he truly was clueless in that moment.
3: You guys remember this one? Fourth quarter, last chance in Chicago. I thought it was the second to last chance. In Chicago, but apparently not. I don't think I've ever been as confused as I am in this moment right here. Get out of face.
0: I, I love it when a guy can be self-effacing, self-deprecating. I, I really like that, but you know what? Uh, He wasn't that way at the time. There he is exiting the field without shaking Nick Foles' hands. Shades of Super Bowl 52. Uh, Look, he's a human. He's embarrassed. He's got an ego. Shocking. Tom Brady has an ego. But, uh, again, I don't know he gets credit for coming clean eight months later. Let's hear what both Tom Brady and Bruce Arians had to say, Chris, about this at the time that it happened. I don't care about it eight months later. Let's hear from Brady and from Arians from the time that it happened.
3: The final play, uh, you were. I mean, they, they made mention that maybe you didn't know it was fourth down. I can't imagine that was the case. What was, you know, it was fourth and five? You
0: took a shot. there were great. But...
1: Yeah, I knew we needed a chunk,
3: and I was thinking about more yardage. And then, uh you know, it was just it was bad execution. I mean, we had a great opportunity there, so just didn't uh, didn't
1: execute when we needed to. It looked like Tom might have been confused with what down it was. Did he not know it was fourth down?
3: Yeah, he knew. He knew. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he knew. Look, I what what's 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 wrong? What's, it's okay. We make mistakes. It's okay. Nothing wrong with admitting that a mistake was made. And again, it takes some of the it just it's it, it's it's great. It's great to see him do it now, but it takes something out of it when you consider that thou shalt not mention that the great Tom Brady may not have known what down it was. In the immediate aftermath of the game happening, Chris.
2: No, I, I know. I mean, yeah, I would have liked to have seen them be honest in the moment and just, yeah, I messed up. Whatever, I, I you know, and, and yeah, I am a little shocked too. Like, right, right, like you see on social media, everyone's like, "Well, look, this is why I like him. He came clean." Like, no, that doesn't count as coming clean after. You know the storybook was written and it happened to have a happy ending, now it's easy to dive back and make fun of yourself. That's where I would I want to question, too. If that's they, don't win, the Super if they Bowl, don't win the Super Bowl... Right, there's no way he right. does that. We there's no that. way. You never see Correct. that. You can have fun with it now because you won the Super Bowl because you say, hey, everybody, kiss my butt. I got a big seventh <laughs> ring and a Super Bowl trophy. <laughs> that I, that, uh, Yeah, so eat hey. that. But I don't think he ever says that and, if that doesn't happen. And, and let me tell you, if they had ended up missing the
0: playoffs by one game, game Ooh. it never would have been mentioned ever again whenever he writes his memoirs it never would have come up forget about that we shall not discuss the moment that ultimately was the dagger for our hopes in 2020 so uh yeah it, it, it is easy to joke about it after you've won the super bowl and as you're getting closer and closer to the night where there will be gathering somewhere to get ring number seven what will he show up to get ring seven with the other six. I think so. So he can, yeah. so he can do a little of that yeah. with all of them on there. Why Maybe not? What?
2: I mean, you, you, you've you done They're it. They're not ever- Buccaneers rings. I know. So what? You've done it every other year. you got a T-shirt that says your name and seven on it. So what? Show all seven. Damn, you're the only one that's got seven of them. So do it. Will he put the new ring on a middle finger? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He might. He might do that. Yeah, just like send it up to like the the Patriots organization. Like, hey, look what I found this year. Uh, I don't know. But uh, Brady, Brady, like you know, love his leadership. Love the way he is in so many ways. But yeah, we've seen e- ego get the best of him. Or maybe being a he's sore a loser, loser a little bit every he's now and then. He's not a good loser, yeah, no doubt. And,
0: and and maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why he's won as much as he has. And, and again, this is something that we've discussed, and and it really is a fascinating disconnect to me. Behavior and attitudes that we find objectionable in children and try to try to parent out of them. Why do you have to? You don't have to win all the time. Can you please stop? Stop? Stop cheating? No, you don't own Park Place. Your sister does. Okay, you don't have to win every game of Monopoly. You don't have to win every game of Park Cheesy. It doesn't have to be that way. We admire that yeah. behavior in athletes.
2: I know you're exactly right, but it's the way we want them. We want our athletes to kind of be cutthroat, competitive. You know, we like to see that aspect, and especially when it becomes like that great player like a Brady because then we start to dive deeper into like, ooh, the psychology of what made him and all of those type of things. That's where I think it kind of gets a life of its own a little bit there. But, hey, say what you want. Like Bruce Arians says, the greatest leader in the history of the sport, obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, But, yeah, I would have liked to have seen him be a little bit more, you know, truthful there. When the time was uh, one, real.
0: Th- one thing that Nick Foles will always have and can't be taken away, no matter how far he is on the Bears' depth chart or anyone else's, twice in his career, he humbled Brady to the point where Brady slinked off to the locker room without shaking Nick Foles' hands. Not once, yeah, but twice, yeah. That's impressive.
2: It is impressive. There's no doubt. I mean, Foles is, he's never been affected by the situation. That's for sure. I don't, I never looked at bad play or things like that to go. Foles is feeling the pressure. It's just not good. I just think, you know, he's just a good quarterback, not a great quarterback and those type of things, but yep. He's one of the few, right. That can kind of like have that pelt on his horse. Like eh, when I play Tom Brady, he loses and I win. Uh, that's a pretty cool thing to say to your grant, your grandkids.
0: I wonder if Bruce Arians has ever responded in practice to a bad throw by Tom Brady by making a comment like, What do I have to do? Go trade for Nick Foles? <laughs> <laughs> I bet That's you, probably a line that even <laughs> Bruce won't cross. I bet you
2: Bruce, I don't think he would cross that one either. I bet you Bruce Bruce has plenty of things he could say if it's an underwhelming throw or he doesn't like it that are very witty. Uh, there's no doubt. Bruce, I, I don't even know him, but just being around him the few times we have real quick at like the combine and things like that man he's awesome he's awesome he's as quick as it quick as there is i mean you know i i i think i've told the story before i asked him one time i said you still got pictures over at that facility of me and you know as he's walking off set he goes yeah somewhere by the training room and kept walking i was like that's an amazing <laughs> comeback way to go <laughs>
0: uh, all right let's go ahead and take a break we have been doing a tour of the various divisions by drafting the best non-quarterbacks today we swing back to the nfc moving from the west to the north we'll do that when pft live continues right after this (laughs) all right there is aaron jones teammate aj Dillon. how you like that save pete he gave me bad information and said that's Aaron Jones that's Aaron well, Jones Well just look at his hiding. leg it's not Aaron Jones That's Aaron Jones hiding in the quad muscle of AJ Dillon He's he's standing behind Aaron Jones you can't see him he's standing behind the right leg of AJ Dillon um uh, best non quarterbacks in the NFC North that is today's draft Chris you got the trivia question go
2: oh i do that's right all right here we go you ready oh this one i saw this earlier this is easy i mean this is a little bit of like what color is blue okay here we go the lions did you don't know you uncovered the answer too quickly all right the lions last playoff win was the 1991 season who did they beat at home in that divisional round game cowboys yeah right i know i know Cowboys. yeah that was easy uh, you know the Cowboys, Cowboys what beat, beat the, the Bears? Bears right they beat the Bears the part in Chicago of week,
0: which which caused yeah, that was the kind of spark to the to the new Cowboys dynasty because they were 1-15 in 15 just two years before that that was kind of like oh the Cowboys are the yeah. up-and-coming team now they won the Super Bowl the next year the year after and then two years after that so okay uh the best players in the NFC North who are not quarterbacks and uh, do we have the 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 rankings of the, the, all the guys, we don't. Okay. All right. Fine. Um. fine. If that's what you want to do, uh, I, I, uh, man, there's a lot of good players in the NFC North. I'm buying time here. I didn't think I would get the first pick. I I am going to start with Khalil Mack, even though he was a little down last year. Uh, if if, look quarterback's most important position on the field, pass rusher is number two. Khalil Mack still one of the preeminent pass rushers in all of football. So I will get started with Bears pass rusher Khalil Mack.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a stud. He's still a force. He's way better than people want to give him credit for. I know maybe he hasn't lived up to the huge contract totally and what the Bears traded for him. Uh, Yeah, I I understand that, but agreed. You know, I I don't care. It might lack sex appeal. Khalil Mack is still one of the better defensive players in all of football there. So I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you much there. Uh, I am surprised, though, you didn't just go with Dalvin Cook. I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook, I think, to lead it off. I mean, damn, the team, the offense, it's situated around him. And, you know, he's arguably one of the most explosive players in football with the ball in his hands. He's definitely one of the five best running backs and a true running back. Bell cow guy that's not big like a bell cow. But I, I, I just I marvel at him. I do. Got three rockets up his butt, can make people miss, breaks tackles, We know he's going to get the ball 20 to 25 times every game, and he comes through. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dalvin Cook, so I'll go with him.
0: Well, look, I, I, if I would have gone with Dalvin Cook, you would have accused me of picking a Viking. Yeah, of course I would. So I, yeah. can't, I can't win on this <laughs> I one. No, you can't. So I, I'll go ahead and pick a Viking because, okay. because, oh. look, we saw it last year. Yeah. And uh, w- one of the things that contributed to this implosion that's going on between the Packers front office and Aaron Rodgers is this guy wasn't on the board when the Packers were in striking distance to pick Justin Jefferson. Packers badly wanted him. Vikings got him he broke Randy Moss's team record for receiving yards as a rookie pretty impressive there and they didn't even realize what they had until week three he could have had two more games where he had big numbers and who knows where he would have ended up I I think this guy is on the verge of exploding as one of the best receivers in all of football definitely one of the best players in his division already
2: good pick by you all the way I mean yes he's definitely he's I don't know. I mean, yeah.
0: Uh, oh, It Devon, was a rookie record for the NFL. It, Thank you for correcting me, Pete.
2: Special player, though. Got it all. Thank you, Pete. Got no weakness at all, right? I mean, and that, that's where it's like you look at what Justin Jefferson did, and I think that's where, like, the Jamar Chase thing is really interesting because nobody – everyone goes, whoa, Justin Jefferson, and he wasn't even as good as Jamar Chase when they were on the same team together. What can that be? But, man, you, you found a, a beauty there with him. He is a baller. I love Justin Jefferson. All right, well – I'm going to get the guy that covers him every now and then. You want to go Justin Jefferson? I need an island corner. I'm going with the best corner that no one really talks about, in my opinion. Like, a top five corner in football for Chris Sims, no question. But nobody talks about him like that. Jair Alexander. Nobody's talking about him. No. Nobody's talking about him. Nobody's talking about him. I am now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Are people talking about him? I feel like he doesn't get put up there towards the top of corners in football. And I think he is one of them. You know, when, when I look at Jair Alexander again, Mike, he's one of those guys that just go, wait, you cover him and we'll see how we'll, we'll figure it out over here. He's really special that way, you know, and he can he can play a bump man to man. He's rare and he can play off. And he's not just good in man. He's really great at zone, even for a smaller guy. He's feisty and tackles like I love Jair Alexander. I think he's one of the most underrated football players in the league.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I agree with you. And they got to find a way to pay him and keep him around. Yeah, right. uh, uh p- Part of the reason why they they you know they need to solve this Aaron Rodgers thing. They know where they're g- they're going to have cap uh, dollars to spend on guys like Alexander, but they need to keep him. They got a winner with him, and and I agree they need to hang on. Uh, all right, I, I I gotta I gotta stay at the receiver position. Um, yeah. You know Devonte Adams. Yeah, I, I know what trouble you got in last year when you left him off of your top ten. Right. I'm not going to get accused of failing to give Devontae Adams the proper respect when you don't have a lot of help around you at the position and you're the guy who's going to attract all the attention and you still get it done. And I know Aaron Rodgers putting the ball in the perfect spot every time helps – but you, you still got to run the routes. You got to catch the pass. You got to have the trust of Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in football, one of the best players in the conference. Yeah,
2: no doubt about it. There, there, there's no doubt. I was wrong. to not put him in the top ten. I mean, I'm, I'm I'll tell you, I self scouted myself. I would realize that he number wrong.
0: eleven, like Matt Ryan. Well,
2: yeah, somewhere right, somewhere in there. Like I, 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 don't, I guess I, again, I don't look at Devonte Adams as one of the five best receivers in football, but I look at him as one of those six through ten. But he's awesome, and he does a, has great value. And I think you kind of described it perfectly, too. Without a, another weapon to ever focus on, he's kind of the guy. And that does put more pressure on him. So good job. All right, I'm going up to your squad here. You know, there's some guys on that defense there that we haven't talked about yet. I'm going to go with the middle line middle linebacker guy. I still think Eric Kendricks is – you know, I know he was banged up a little last year. I can't even remember what the injury was off the top of my head, Mike. But Hamstring. Hamstring. That's what it was. But, man, one of the best in the business. No, No doubt about it. You know, just put him in the middle. Tell him to go get the football. He can fly. He's great in pass coverage. I mean, for me, he is like – He epitomizes the modern-day NFL uh, middle linebacker, and he's important to Zimmer's scheme, and he's extremely talented. I mean, he's one of the best in football.
0: Um, I'm going to stay in Green Bay with my next one, even though he's coming off that torn ACL. He's already back on the practice field, which is impressive. David Bakhtiari, uh, key key ingredient to that offense. They made him the highest-paid offensive lineman in football history back in October-ish. Trent Williams got him by just a little bit and it really isn't a better deal. It's it's some shenanigans contractually to to get it there. Bakhtiari encouraging that he's back on the field and maybe he'll be ready to go week one. He had that that fluke practice ACL tear late in the regular season, but he still continues to be one of the best linemen in
2: football. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, really, I I could sit here. And we could sit here right now and we can go back and watch the NFC Championship game, and I go, "Mm, I don't know. If they have Bakatiari, they might win. Shaq Barrett might not get three sacks in that game and do that. Who knows what happens? Maybe Rodgers converts one of those third downs late in the third quarter You know that he got sacked on because of Shaq Barrett. So, yeah, he's one of the best in the business. All right, I'm going to go with a big guy in the Bears, Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks, you know I love me some Akeem Hicks. He's big, he's mean, he's nasty. He lets you know about it. Like, remember what he did to Dalvin Cook last year in that Bears game at home where he's like, he hit Dalvin Cook early on. He, like, let him know, like, I'm coming. I'm going to kick your butt all day long. I love that. He's one of the best big guys in all of football. And I think he is going to have a great year this year because Eddie Goldman's back at nose tackle. So now he can get back to his three and five technique where he's most comfortable and be dominant. I love Akeem Hicks.
0: You know, we've made it through four rounds without a single member of the Detroit Lions. I know. I've got a few I'm considering. Yesterday, when we did the AFC North, I went with a couple of rookies. we got to go Pene Sewell. Hey, if the guy is good enough to get Brad Holmes, the GM of the team, to pound on the table in celebration when they got him with the seventh overall selection in the draft, he needs to be on the list. And and now they're, they're working him on the right side, which uh, he is learning is an adjustment. But still, I think he's going to be part of this Key part of this effort to to change things finally for the Detroit Lions, Chris. Yeah,
2: yeah, I agreed. I mean, yeah, I don't give a damn. He's going to be one of the better all linemen in football. You got Frank now too, who you could have thought about, right, on that offensive line, too. Oh, you still got to pick. I know. I'm going to go Allen Robinson, Bears. I mean, come on. The guy gets like 1,200 yards receiving. We don't even know who the hell the quarterback was throwing to him. He's damn good. So he's going to make my list. We're going to sure. wrap
0: up this Thursday edition of PFD Live right after this.
2: Andrew, I'm not sure how much you've seen of Drew and Teddy so far without a lot of 11-on-11 11 11 work, but what are your initial impressions and kind of as a defensive player, how do you go about
3: a, a quarterback competition? How much do you pay attention to it? And Maybe what do you expect?
1: I mean, I don't, I don't give a, Like, whoever's a quarterback, is the quarterback. I hope, I wish the best for Teddy, wish the best for Drew. I don't know what they're doing. I can't see anything. I haven't been over there. So, this, this is my part.
0: If you didn't notice, there was a certain four-letter profanity that was omitted. I don't give a Yeah, right. Um, I'm sick of
2: talking about quarterbacks.
0: Plenty of Bears fans do, Chris. I have an important update. I am told that as we surmised, based upon the words of Andy Dalton, he has been told he's the week one starter. So go make your bet now. Dalton, week one starter against the Rams. Take those odds before they change. That's it. Have a great day. Work hard tomorrow,
2: Mike. See ya. I'll be off. See ya. (laughs)